It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Provocative discussion, intelligence analysis, and fearless comment. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Well, another Monday morning in lockdown, folks, but at least we've got the hope we're coming out of lockdown on Wednesday. Except, of course, as you know, we're going into, for most of our country into some new version of lockdown. However, there is some hope now. Very excitingly, we're going to be able to go and shop 24-7. They're going to relax all those rules in terms of what hours shops are allowed to open so that people can shop uh, when they choose. But, of course, that means less crowding in the shops. I don't know how many people want to shop at three in the morning, but there we are. Uh, but of course, you know, you're not allowed to be in the pubs and the restaurants with other people, but presumably you can be with other people in shops. So that could be very exciting, couldn't it? So we'll be talking about all of that. The government facing that revolt over their tears vote in the Commons yesterday with this promise from the Prime Minister in a letter he wrote to, to MPs saying that don't worry, it'll only be nine weeks. We'll end the tier restrictions on February the 3rd. But given the number of promises we've had all the way since last March, when it comes to, I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Not, it's not even a year ago, folks. About, uh, well, it's just a few weeks, flatten the curve. Just a, just a one lockdown, no second lockdown. Now we've got Dominic Raab, the Foreign Secretary, talking about a third wave and a third lockdown. I've no doubt at all we're going to be in a third lockdown in January. And we're going to go from restrictions to lockdown to restrictions to lockdown. We're going to do it forever and ever and ever. But some good news. As I mentioned, we are seeing the infection rate going down. Key thing is, though, it did go down before we had the lockdown. It was going down anyway. So we'll talk about all of that throughout the show. And joining me for all the chat this morning, Emma Revel from the Institute of Economic Affairs. Good morning to you, Emma. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Lovely to chat to you again. Um, I think I think there's a whole range of good news and bad news. I would say largely good news today. I've been a bit of a moaning mini lately uh, on lots of things. But um, in terms of, of what's going to be happening today, first of all, let's talk about... Um, vote in the Commons tomorrow. The Prime Minister in the whips getting rather worried that they're going to face a revolt of between 70 and 100 Tory MPs, many not voting against necessarily, but abstaining, having to rely on Labour votes to get their tier restrictions through. Lots of um, concessions being made in the sense of sort of, OK, well, we, we'll, have a, we'll have them falling on the 3rd of February. Again, nine weeks. It's hardly a big concession. But also finally agreeing at some point today they will be publishing that cost-benefit analysis many of us have been demanding for a long time. Interesting, though, that Surely when they made the decisions about the tiers, they would have done that cost-benefit analysis a week ago. Um, but they're only going to publish it less than 24 hours before the vote on, on it. It seems a bit strange it has not been published sooner. 
Yeah, it's uh, almost makes you slightly suspicious as to what it actually shows, doesn't it? The fact that they haven't oh, very, because very suspicious. You know, if it showed the benefit was enormous, you think they'd have been waving it around at every every press conference. They'd have had it on every slide going. So I'm a bit suspicious about it. I don't really blame these Conservative MPs or MPs on any side who are sceptical about Boris Johnson saying it'll be over in February because it was going to be three weeks when it started in March, and tomorrow it's December. So, you know, the fact that they're a bit sceptical going into this vote about anything coming out of the Prime Minister's mouth, I think is right. But I think at the same time, the reluctance to say it will be over on X date is probably the right one because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, things could change and new restrictions may be required. But I find it hard to see that that would be the case. But I understand a politician's reluctance to commit to it, given how often things do change. And then they have to go back on their words. Yes, I find it strange they can commit to anything. I mean, even Dominic Raab on some of the Sunday shows yesterday was was talking about uh, about how, you know, people are more likely to be coming out of tier, you know, out of tier three into tier two rather than people going from tier two to tier three. So, well, how could you possibly know that? I mean, how, yeah, how could the, you? If it if this is based on the science and the data, you can't possibly make that statement unless these these decisions aren't made on the science of the data and they're made on the basis of political whim on the back of the envelope. And, you know, and again, the amount of people, I've had people tweeting me this morning in response to my uh, tweet saying, oh, you know, infection rates are down according to, this is the REACT study, Imperial College. Um, you know, Tim Spector's uh, Zoe uh, app study from King's College has already shown infections were falling. All of the data showed that infections were falling long before lockdown. Hospital admissions peaked on November the 5th during lockdown. But given that there's a two to three week lag in hospital Missions uh, that could not possibly be as a result of the uh, uh, of the the the, the, the lockdown. Uh, but we know that the government will claim, see, the lockdown worked, even though the evidence is quite clear that it wasn't the lockdown that did it. The problem seems to be, I think, that politicians started digging themselves into this hole in March and they haven't quite worked out how to get back out of it yet because we don't have politicians who are able to stand up and say we made what we thought was the right decision at the time, it turns out we were wrong. That doesn't invalidate the decision that was made, but they're not able to stand up and say that. They haven't got the confidence or the self-belief or political will to apologise for any missteps. And, And I think the British public would would let them off having made mistakes in March because no one knew what I don't was even going need them to apologise. I supported the lockdown first of March and I know lots of the really serious lockdown sceptics are saying, well, you were, you know, you supported it. I think at the time we, we, you know, we didn't know. It looked like it was a lot more deadly a virus than it actually is or riskier. We didn't have the NHS capacity. We don't have the NHS capacity generally. We, we have an underfunded NHS despite all the many billions going into it um, compared with other countries like Germany and France and others who spend far more. But, but that, I thought that was a perfectly... Um, reasonable if it turns out afterwards wrong decision to go into that lockdown people are still saying now oh well look at Sweden oh, people don't talk about Sweden very much Sweden's infection rate is going up but again it's the autumn of course they're going up that's what happens with respiratory diseases with an endemic virus this is the dominant virus now no one's got flu anymore it's virtually impossible to get flu anymore everyone's got COVID uh, who's, who's got a respiratory disease but but their death rate is still tiny and again if if letting the virus rip, remember that phrase, uh, if that were the case, if not having lockdown restrictions, formal legal restrictions massively in curtailing people's lives and businesses um, didn't work, you know, if, if that was what worked, 
then then you know, Sweden will be off the scale. And as it is, they're not off the scale. They've got higher rates than, say, Norway uh, and, uh, and other, other Nordic countries but and Finland. But there are very specific reasons why Sweden would be hit more heavily than they would be. And, and anyone who doesn't bother to look into those, I'm sorry, you know, you're not, you, you really need to know your facts before you, you criticise what they've done. And the key thing is, of course, they, they valued people making voluntary, sensible decisions themselves over being told what to do. Um, what did you make of the uh, latest anti-lockdown protests uh, on Saturday? We've seen them across Europe, actually. I mean, extraordinary little publicity given for these things. Huge publicity for Black Lives Matter protests whenever they've taken place. But um, the British media seem to have no interest in anti-lockdown protests. I mean, the whole of Berlin, whole of Paris, very violent protests in Paris, also specifically over a new law uh, about politicians um, being, uh, sorry, about police being photographed. Um, extraordinary new law, actually, in a democracy. Um, but the anti-lockdown protests in central London at the weekend saw some very heavy-handed policing, 155 arrests, um, very much in sharp contrast to what we saw with the policing of Extinction Rebellion protests and Black Lives Matters at the height of the pandemic. I'm finding this particularly difficult because I think I'm the sort of person who's inclined to believe that, that these things happen, you know, by accident. There's not a sort of um, a plan for these things to be policed in different ways. But I'm finding it increasingly hard to hold on to that view because, as you say, it does seem to be that some protests are allowed to go ahead with much bigger numbers, I think, as well. Uh, and yet smaller protests are being policed very excessively. You know, I'm not an expert, but from what I understand, uh, as long as protests follow social distancing guidelines, they are allowed to go ahead under the coronavirus laws these things aren't illegal as the police keep saying mm. and yet they are being shut down so you do i think even i'm reaching a point where i'm thinking okay this this, this is starting to look a bit suspicious about how differently these different types yeah. of protests are being treated and it, I mean, again i've never understood when people are protesting something the government's doing that they should then turn their violence on police and i'm, I'm sure there were a few people who are the troublemakers who turn up to any protest and and i you know i'm absolutely support our boys in blue on that front but you know, the, the videos I was watching, and I was watching it extensively because I wanted to get a view of it and talk to people who were there. You know, they were sort of almost against that, what we've seen in some very non-democratic countries, some snatch squads almost, just you know, peeling off people who were just standing around. Um, you know, we have a right. We have a right in this country to protest. These people did not appear to me to be putting anyone at any risk. Um, and and I, 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 just, I just find it extraordinary that they were treated in that way. Um, let's talk about um, what is going to change uh, this week, though. Um, and again, I think a lot. Oh, I booked my dinner out for Thursday. I thought lockdown finished on the second of, of December. Again, this is how unclear. And we remember we've had in Wales, didn't we, that the the Welsh government weren't clear when their lockdown finished and got their legislation wrong. Uh, but I booked booked for Thursday night for a belated wedding anniversary dinner out. Um, but Wednesday is the first day from midnight. Uh, you know, one minute past midnight on Wednesday morning, uh, freedom again of a sort of certain kind for about seven hundred thousand people in tier one, uh, tier two, and tier three rather more restrict. Um, but we are going to apparently be allowed to go shopping whenever we want. So you can't go to the pub with anyone you don't know. You can't go to the pub at all unless you serve your food in tier two. But you can go to the shops 24-7. I mean, I do wonder sometimes if they remember to send this memo to the virus. <laughs> it, 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 
I've given up trying to find any logic in the coronavirus restrictions, whether it's lockdowns or tears or whatever, because yet there seems to be no particular difference to me uh, between sitting down in a restaurant with food and sitting down in a pub with a beer. The presence of food does not uh, contribute to Doesn't defending it? you against the I virus. I thought that was sage advice, and they're the experts. I mean, they've got you know they've got behavioural experts and everything. You know, the proper experts on viruses. I mean, we've gone from subsidising meals in August to making meals compulsory in December. I hope, yeah. I mean, I thought know, I'm not in favour of... I thought obesity was one of the big things that Public Health England was really opposed to, you know, and they want, they want to stop us being able to see... You're not even allowed to see an advert for fast food on the London Tube network because we're so fearful of people getting fat. But now you're going to have... It's compulsory to have a meal in, in Tier 2. Yes, I'm against most government subsidies, but if they're going to continue, can they please make it gyms in January? Because we're going to need it. There is that, isn't there? I mean, I have to say, I've been rather encouraged by the number of publicans and many people suggesting how you get around this substantial meal rule. Um, and this basically it's the ordering, the takeaway from next door through the pub, but also the whole, we'll serve you a bowl of pasta, you know, plain pasta. Um, and, and, and it'll take us about an hour or two to serve it to you because we've got rubbish kitchens and, and then you just have to eat it really slowly and as long as that one last little bit of pasta is still on the plate you haven't finished so you don't, you don't get thrown out under the law I mean people, as, as one publican said if they're going to treat us like children then we're going to play games back. And, and I have to say, I salute those people. I really, really do. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Don't forget to catch me live tomorrow morning from 6.30 on DAB Smart Speaker and online at talkradio.co.uk. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.